Hello and welcome to another episode of Movies That Make Us. I'm Jake. I'm Tracy. And I'm Val. That together was... again. Together uh, again. Uh, that was really scary. I had to sneeze like right before our intro was over. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. If I hold it, it's going to be on screen. If I don't, or we're going to get it right in mid-sneeze. But it all timed out. Perfectly. That's because you're a professional. I Well... I like people to think I act like one at least, I, but really I have no idea what I'm doing. None of us do. Yeah. Uh, that goes for life in general, I think. No. You find out, you get up to certain levels, you're like, oh, nobody has anything figured out. Nope. Okay. Nope. Got it. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I don't even know now. Oh, okay. No idea. Um, no, it is, it is definitely... Uh, summer blockbuster movie time i've yes. seen uh over the last three weeks i've seen top gun and jurassic world and Lightyear. i'm gonna see elvis nice this week um yeah it's just a lot of finally it, it's movie it's it's blockbuster movie time which if you remember from our uh jaws episode mm -hmm. um that the summer blockbuster was a pure accident so yeah. it wasn't it wasn't a planned thing that somebody was like, you know what we should do? We should make summer blockbusters and make a whole bunch of money in the summertime. No, they slipped and fell right into the jaws of that sucker. Yeah, that I see good. what you did there. That was good. <laughs> Again, Steven Spielberg created so, something that everyone will love forever. Yes. Mm -hmm. Now I'm I'm taking my dad to see Jurassic World tomorrow. Uh, I've heard not so great reviews. Is that? Um, so for me, uh, my take on it is I, I love it, but I love things like the franchises, like fast, like fast and furious. Sure. I love all the star Wars movies. I'm a fan. And so uh -huh. for me with all the Jurassic movies, I can find things about each one of them that I enjoy. Are they all big winners? No, I, mm -hmm. the original, Jurassic Park for me is still the best. And then the original Jurassic World for me is still the best. Yeah. But with this movie, um, with the new Jurassic World, I do think that if they were to cut about 35 minutes out of it and tighten it up, um, it would be a better piece of uh, film. I heard it's um, long, yeah. It's a little long. There's enough nostalgia that if you're a fan of the movie franchise, there are going to be moments that you love. There's enough new stuff that, you know, it kind of grabs you into a story. But then there's also some stuff that they do with it that I won't say right now because it will. They try and do too many movies in one movie. Uh, that's mm. the other thing I've heard. Yeah. Um, the reason why I love Jurassic Park is because it's Jurassic Park. I'm not saying that you can't be inspired by other things, but like you're going to see Indiana Jones and Star Wars and, Born, and identity. Born Identity and Bond. And there's like a bunch of things that happen in the movie that aren't necessary. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. I, I don't think it's the worst thing I've seen all right. year. And it's not the best thing I've seen all year. You're going to see big dinosaurs on a big screen. Yeah. For me... The one thing that I have to say is that I don't think it's necessary to see this Jurassic World in a theater, which mm -hmm. is really weird because yeah. it's the franchise is made for the theater. But in every single Jurassic movie, and I'm trying to think if even two and three, most of the Jurassic movies that I can remember, there's always, regardless of how good or bad the movie is, there's always that one moment yeah. where you think, oh, like that's. That moment yeah. is the mm -hmm. reason why that is made for the big screen. Like we all remember when we saw the dinosaurs for the first time right. on the big screen and we're just like captivated. And in the last Jurassic World movie, there's several moments where the big screen was necessary for what they were giving us. Not to mention the really sad moment as you're pulling away from the island on fire and the dinosaur is still there. 
like, and we're all just like crying. Like this is the, you know, like that moment on the big screen is so Mm -hmm. heartbreaking in this movie. There wasn't one moment where I was like there, that big reveal, that moment Mm -hmm. was necessary for the big screen. Whereas like top gun, you get the nostalgia from the original, you get the new stuff from what's now. And then you get those moments that if you were to see them, on a TV for the first time, you would have mm-hmm. felt that you missed out on something. Yeah. And if you saw that, like there were moments where on the big screen, that Top Gun Maverick is the whole reason why the argument that a theater experience is still necessary. Right. And still important and still fun. Whereas this Jurassic World for me is, is a fun action movie that you could get rent on a Friday night with the family and get the pizza and get the sodas and have a same experience, put it on on the biggest screen that you have in your house and still be fine with it. Okay. Real quick. How was Lightyear? Can you comment on Lightyear yet? Um, By the time this comes out, I can comment on it for sure. I won't tell you my review. My review will be on good things, Utah on Friday. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But for me, Um, I know a lot of people are having issues with, well, not a lot of people, a few people I know are making it more complicated than it needs to be. Right. This movie is everything that you wanted to know about why Andy fell in love with Buzz Lightyear. We see in Toy Story 2, the whole setup of, of, you know, uh, Zerg. No, we see the cartoon of, uh, Oh yeah. No. Uh, Woody. Woody. We see Woody's whole setup, right? We see the cartoon. We see the world that he was created around. We meet Jesse. Like, we meet all, we see all Uh that. This is us getting introduced to Buzz, but Mm. in a different way because we are watching, we are watching the movie that Andy saw saw that made him fall in love with Buzz. So it, it, it's not related to Toy Story, except for that Buzz is in it. And there is, you hear all of the phrases that he says when he lands in Andy's room. Like (laughs) you find out why in real life Uh he says all of these things and why he says them. And so you get, you get the story behind Buzz and you get to meet the, the characters in Buzz's life that were important and why, you know, he was who he was. And so for me, I really enjoyed it. If you're going to see another Toy Story movie, you're going to feel a little lackluster. Mm, yeah. You need to step outside this of that. This is a sci-fi this is, film. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and it's fun and it has fun side characters and it has heart to it. Um, a lot of heart to it, actually, um, if you really let yourself fall into it. Um, my nephew, who is, um, I believe, four years old, was sitting in the row in front of me with my uh-huh. brother and his kids for the movie. Um, and, you know, sometimes he didn't know what he was laughing at, but he had fun. You know, <laughs> um, when we laughed, he laughed and then he uh-huh. laughed at other time, you know. Um, but I really I enjoyed it. So um, uh, but you seen, have to let I've go. I've seen the trailers, but I want a socks. I, mm. I I'm not a fan of cats. And I want socks. This is the most um, helpful I think a cat has ever been ever. Um. I mean, in all fairness, the bar is pretty low as far as helpful cats go. And I don't want to get hate mail about cats. This is the thing about cats. Cats don't need us, right? Whereas dogs do need us. Cats don't need us. Mm -hmm. They might love you. You might have a cat that super loves you. And you might have a cat that when you get home, it's like, well, whatever. I'm still doing my thing over here. Uh, But socks is definitely when you say um, uh, emotional support animal, um, (laughs) that's what socks is meant to be for Buzz. Uh, And and when you see the movie, you'll understand. And it's so smart the way they do his storyline. Um, it, it's just super smart. And then, yeah, Sox is an emotional support animal um, who goes above and beyond. Um, and I definitely want one. Uh, and it needs to make all the... The funny thing is, is that it, it does happen during the timeline of when we meet Buzz. So it's back in the 1990s. So you see the technology uh-huh. go from the 90s all the way through 
like to where it builds to be bigger, right? That's cool. Um, but Socks, when he thinks, does this beep boop, beep boop, beep boop, beep boop, beep boop, and actually says it, beep boop, beep boop, beep boop, beep boop. That's awesome. <laughs> That's and awesome. so think of think of um Big Hero 6. Yeah. Um and, and kind of that helpfulness uh-huh. of Baymax. Nice. And put it in a cat <laughs> and then make it also really 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 technically smart. And then you've got Pete Sone doing the voice who did uh, Oh my god. Yeah, just like perfect casting <laughs> in this movie. Um it's a lot of fun. If you let, I think people are going to get in their own way, in their own way in this movie. If uh, they go in and they have these expectations of something else, then they're probably not going to enjoy it. Stop that. Stop overthinking just, it. I've seen, go and enjoy like it. I've seen some critics that I really respect and really like, and they're like, so can you get behind a movie that's about <laughs> another movie, but not about another movie that's about an episode or a series about something that a kid from another movie likes? So I'm like, stop. let go well i I think sometimes some critics like to already go in and try to analyze what's wrong with the movie they're ready to go in and say what's wrong and so they're looking for reasons to not like a movie which is an interesting approach yeah i think that's why i wouldn't make it as a very good film critic sometimes because i'm looking for reasons why i like the movie that's why i question me being a film critic sometimes I am a film critic because I love movies. Right. Yeah. Right. And so I go in like hopefully without much knowledge of a movie and I just love it. And sometimes I am like, okay, it's a horror film like this. I am not looking forward to it, but I give it a chance. Sure. You know? Yeah. 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 And, and not being a film critic, it's nice because if there is a movie that I'm absolutely like, no, there's no way I'm going to like that movie. I just don't go see it. Right. You know, you're not forced to. Yeah. There are some that Which I, is... that I last year absolutely didn't screen just because I knew I didn't yeah. want to, I, uh-huh. I didn't want to. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that's okay. If they're not huge movies that the studio is like, Hey, if you still want to be our friend later, you need, you to, need to make sure you see this, make sure you watch this movie. Um, and, and one of yeah. those for me has always been, one that I'm going to see in July and that's Sharknado. I've yes. always looked at it and said, I just don't think I need to see that one, but I am going to see it because Tracy, what's happening in July with Sharknado and movies July, that make us. July 21st, we are going to be at Brewies in downtown Salt Lake city. I got to be 21 or older and we are doing a charity screening of the much talked about on this podcast, Sharknado. So uh, this will be Val and Jake's first time. Val has seen snippets of different yeah. Sharknado movies, but has never truly experienced. So n- the thing to remember with this movie is put aside your expectations. It's a bad movie. And and as Jake has said, it's a bad movie for a good cause. Um, but this but, is the best way to experience it. Exactly, I think this is what exactly. I've been waiting for, is that there are some movies that are better experienced with a group of people in a fun environment. Um, And this is, I know I'm going to enjoy it because I will be with all of you and all of you. And Broovies is so great to see um, this type of movie. I've I've seen a lot of this type of movie at Broovies with groups of people. The food is good. You can get drinks. drinks. Oh yeah. So it's going to be so much fun. And we have bribes. Like we're going to be giving things away. We have lots of bribes. So we have a Val's h- wonderful husband has and tattoo extraordinaire has donated a $600 tattoo session for us. Um, all the proceeds go to American Cancer Society. We've teamed up with FanX. They've given us a couple of Thursday passes along with autographed photos of Ian Ziering and Tara Reed. Um, we've got some other stuff coming in. Val's got a lot of movies, studio swag. She's She's donating to us. I'm working on getting some other stuff. So it's going to be a fun night. It goes to a great cause, American Cancer Society, very near and dear to my heart. Um, so I'm excited. Yeah, this will be a lot of fun. Plus, you'll get yeah. to finally hang out with us. We want to see you. Right? It's yeah. been a while. We're going to give away free stickers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, it's $15 at the door. Yeah. Um, that includes one raffle ticket. And then if you want to purchase additional raffle tickets for to increase your chances to win, um, they're available there too, and it's all at the door, so you don't have to yeah. order in advance. Just come on down seven o'clock Thursday, July twenty first, and we would love to fill the theater that we're going to be in. Uh, we'd love to see better. all of you there. Yep, 
Now, Tracy, um, is it are we going to be doing stuff before the movie starts? So do they need to get there a little bit earlier than seven? Or seven is what time we start doing the fun and we start the movie whenever we want to? Uh, yeah, we've got the theater from seven to ten. So we'll probably do a little let people order drinks and order food and put in their raffle ideas and hang out in the theater. And um, we'll kind of be bouncing around, you know, talking to people and stuff. I'd say the movie would probably start like eight o'clock. Okay. Um, it's an hour and a half, I think, movie. And we've got the theater till 10. So sweet. We we may, there's been talk of possibly doing a live episode right after as well, or recording an episode or talking yeah, about. Yeah, kind of depending on the time. Yeah, we'll um, see where we're at. Or Q&A like, or something. Maybe like 7.30. But yeah, um, I mean, but if you want to come down early and get some great food and get some drinks and hang out right, with us as we're getting ready for raffles, then please do so. Yeah, make a night of it. It'll be fun. It, it'll be like the movie isn't the reason you're coming. You're coming because the movie's <laughs> going to be fun and we're going to enjoy it. But you're coming to support it's a really a good cause. Experience. But yeah, yeah it's exactly. a great cause. A hundred percent of the donations go to the American Cancer Society. We're not making a dime off of this. There's no overhead. Nope. There's no anything. A hundred percent goes to American Cancer. Yeah, this is going to be awesome. So uh, we are super excited about that. We want to make sure everybody's aware of it. We always say we won't see you at the movies. This is one time that we will actually see you at the movies. So, And if it fun. goes well, we could possibly do this once a quarter where we raise money for a good cause. We grab a movie. We get to hang out with y'all. We hand out fun stuff. Yeah. It, it'll be hard because I don't know that there's a movie like this that we've talked about as much on this show as we carrying <laughs> as Sharknado has been. Really I'm sure we can one. figure it out. I'm yeah. sure we can fix it. We'll, now, we'll if see. we were doing Sharknado 2, I think it would live up to the hype. Sharknado 1 is like the base. You're the one that decided. Then, why aren't oh, wait, we watching gotta, Sharknado 2? Sharknado 1 in order to get ready for Sharknado That could have been homework. You know, and it's interesting that you talk about how Sharknado 2 kind of lives up to the hype and Sharknado 1 isn't as good because we're talking about another yes. sequel today that probably fits in that same category. Hey, It does fit. Not probably. Yeah, we're talking about Terminator 2 Judgment Day, no, which is way better than terminator and i think more people have even seen like i think that's a lot of people's introduction into the yeah. terminator series yeah i is saw terminator, terminator 2. 2 first yeah 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 i mean even and it seems like the filmmakers even knew it. we were watching it last night and uh towards the beginning when they're in the psych hospital <laughs> where sarah connor is and the doctor's like explaining yeah this is you know she's here because somebody came from the future a terminator and then another guy and then that's the father of her kid like he basically explains the whole terminator so you don't plot, have to, so go, don't have to go back terminator. and watch terminator yeah yeah, yeah. So. although there's a lot to like about the original um yeah it's, it's not it's not a horrible movie no, but it's, it's not. not necessary it's not as good as this one <laughs> that's for sure yeah yeah, yeah this not... was the this was the first rated r film that i got to see in the theater oh wow Ooh. yeah it was a big deal to me because i was just like that looks so cool and my parents were like all right let's go and i'm like really so yeah and then after that that introduced me to the this was my first james cameron film um afterwards i got into aliens and uh he came out with true lies and of course he went on to do avatar so um yeah i'm i'm a i'm kind of a big james cameron fan he's he's not 100 percent for me he's had some misses but sure. uh, he's a very talented filmmaker yeah i think no, I uh with James Cameron, I did not see this in the theater. I wish I would have. Um, but uh, I remember seeing it for the first time. And I think it was another one of those where we had HBO and it was on. And I was like, there's nobody around. So <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and watch this movie. Um, and it was years after it had come out. But I, I loved it. Uh -huh. um, and I was a fan of James Cameron. Um I'm not a huge fan of aliens and it's not because they're not good movies. It's because they scare the crap out of me. <laughs> and so I can't just be like, you know what I need to watch right now is aliens, mm -hmm. but I respect the filmmaking of aliens. I respect the acting, the technology, everything. I think what James Cameron um, does for filmmaking um, is he really pushes the, the boundaries yeah. um, in a way that George Lucas did when he created star Wars. Mm -hmm. um, this is going to get me some hate mail right now though, is that I think that James Cameron is a better director than George Lucas, where I, I think agree. George Lucas is a visionary mm -hmm. um, and he, he wasn't afraid to do things 
at an early age and in a time where filmmaking was not making these things, James Cameron is a better storyteller and director when it comes to, okay, I want to push the boundaries technically, uh -huh. but I also want to fight for story, the story. Mm -hmm. um, and, but I love them both. And yeah. I had a really cool um, experience. So I went to USC because of George Lucas and right. Steven Spielberg. I know Steven Spielberg wasn't in the film program. I understand people. You don't need to tell me. I know the whole story. Um, however, him and George Lucas are tied to USC in a way. Um, yeah. And, but when I was out there and I was on the back lot because we would be on the universal back lot three times a week for class cool. and we're sitting at the commissary eating and up walks Linda. What? And she's in, she's got a ponytail and sunglasses on and she doesn't wear makeup because she doesn't have to. She's absolutely uh -huh. beautiful. And at this point it's, it's 1997. So I don't believe that Linda Hamilton and James Cameron are married anymore. No, I believe they're, they're um, but they were there together because they were doing a project together. And oh, I'm just cool. sitting there as 17 year old <laughs> Al who had, who recently like this is the, one of the reasons why I love James Cameron is it's just because of the boundaries that he pushes and I see her and I'm thinking I spent the last two years of my life watching Terminator 2 as much as I possibly can <laughs> right? uh -huh, uh -huh. <laughs> and now here she is and now I'm just like hi what like they're there I'm obviously not going to say anything right. right I'm just this child but it was so magical Oh, that cool. we were all there as film students sitting in the commissary eating and they all, all the filmmakers just come in and they sit in the commissary and they eat and they hang out and this is just the safe place. And, and I just thought it was just so cool. cool. Just to me, that was, it was a cool, Linda Hamilton is absolutely beautiful yeah. and kick-ass like all the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I love the fact when uh, they approached her to do this film, she said, I'll do it. But I can't be the damsel in distress. I've got to be somebody right. who takes charge and I have to be kind of a badass. And she said, plus, I would like to be a little bit crazy. And James Cameron said, <laughs> I mean, you have that. to be like, if you think about her character right? and just what she's she's, she's basically trying to save her child's life and the world. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. No pressure. No pressure. No pressure at all. You're going to be a little cray cray. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and especially when you're you're doing that and nobody is believing anything you're saying. And obviously right. it's a crazy story, right? But, I mean, when you're constantly told, no, you're lying, that's made up, there's no way that's true. Like, of course that drives you a little crazy. Or being drugged and, yeah. Yeah. And licked on the face. Oh, that scene. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Goosebumps. Well, uh, and let's let's talk about it too. Like we have Arnold Schwarzenegger, obviously, probably a huge box office draw, right? Huge. Yep. But like for Linda Hamilton to for her character to be as strong mm -hmm. as Arnold Schwarzenegger's character, mm -hmm. um, if not stronger in some aspects. Like for me, like this movie came out in 1991. I probably saw it in 1995. Okay. Right? Graduated from high school in 1997, went to film school in 1997. Mm -hmm. For me to see Linda Hamilton on a big screen, basically running the show, you know right. what I mean? Like, yeah, you right. have Arnold Schwarzenegger who is there, but every time her character is on screen, she is taking charge. Mm -hmm. She is making decisions. Sometimes she might be a little crazy, but it's all believable with the situation that's going on. And then you have Edward Furlong, who at the time, I'm, I'm pretty sure him and I are the same age. Yeah, around, I think around was, the same age. I think he was 15 when they were filming this. 14, yeah, so he's a little 15. bit older, but like not when you're much. Yeah, not by much, you're thinking, okay, now you've got this kid who is also put in these situations. He might not even have been that old. He might have been 12 or 13. I don't think he was when they filmed it. Let's yeah, see. so it, 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 this movie, as much as it is, and I'm looking right now. I'm I'm on uh, I'm online, and it's rated the number. It's the top 29th movie um, on IMDb. 
Mm-hmm. Like of all, t- it's number 29. Like wow. it's still, that's a big deal because it's made it's in 1991. Been out, for a long time. been out yeah. for a long time, but it's because the story and the storyline and the characters were beyond its time. Yeah. And the, and the, the, the crafting of this, of this film. So we've, we've talked before about how much I can geek into the editing of the film and the scene where they are in the LA freeway overpass underpass aqueduct yeah. area yeah. is is sublime editing and i i watched a documentary once about editing that's how much of a geek i am but they they actually had an interview with james cameron and he said he was having trouble with his editors and getting that scene right and he wanted to impress upon them how important one frame is and at the time we'd watch movies at 24 frames per second so he had them take one frame for every second out of that chase sequence and watch it and it was all jumbled and jumpy and it didn't work. And he was like, see one frame matters and you have Mm -hmm. to cut it on the exact right frame or it's, it's either going to hit and have huge impact or it's going to flop. Yeah. And that was, uh, that scene is impeccable. It's funny. My, we were watching it last night and it was later at night and um, my, my wife had kind of dozed off as this, the chase scene was starting Uh and then, she woke up like in the middle of it. She's like, are they still doing the same chase scene? I'm like, yes. <laughs> like, this is a long chase scene. It is, but it's it also is. one of the most famous chase scenes <laughs> in all of cinema. I mean, yeah. it is incredible from start to finish. And and you don't feel like when you're watching the movie that it is that lengthy. You might if you doze off in the middle of it because you're right. super tired because, right. you know, whatever. But, but, but yeah, it the, is really good. You're in the middle of watching that and it just is like, it just keeps intensifying he keeps ratcheting up yeah and i love the fact too so james cameron pushes the limit as val said and he pushes his crew to their limits and the this chase scene where they come up on the truck and the truck goes underneath the overpass and the whole top of the truck flies off that wasn't in the script and when they got there they realized that it was too tall and that it wouldn't work and they were just like well guess we can't shoot it and he's like nope and he went and found somebody to cut the top off. And so it's just kind of resting there a little bit. And so then when it hits the wall, then it tears away. But the camera crew didn't want to shoot that piece because it was too dangerous. So he got in the car and filmed it himself. And and mm-hmm. they they made the crew made t-shirts afterwards that said T3, not with me. Uh, <laughs> they also made shirts that said, uh, I survived a James Cameron film. We talked in the Titanic episode about how he fired the camera guy and, and mm-hmm. took over and the, the water coming down the hallway. He's a very, he, it's so hard because that type of personality, that type of genius, it's like he knows what he wants and he'll do anything to get it. But he's not a very good human sometimes when it comes to yeah. interpersonal relationships. Well, and I think, I mean, he said this in an interview before, and I think, like you said, it, it's a hard it's hard to judge someone that knows what they want yeah. and when somebody else doesn't want to do it and you're just like, okay, that's fine. You don't have to, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, it might seem harsh, but when it's your name and most of the time your money, because right. he puts, he usually writes, directs, mm-hmm. produces, puts my, he said in an interview in several interviews that I've heard him say that he doesn't ask anyone to do anything he wouldn't do. And I heard yeah. that from him um, in an interview in 1996, um, when I was in high school and I have carried that mantra with me my entire life. Um, I just did an interview for a job this last week and they said, what is one of your biggest strengths working events? And Mm -hmm. I said, in general working, um, there is no one more or less important than anyone else. And I said, running a film set is the same as running an event and you have to be willing as the director to do everything you are asking everyone else to do. Mm-hmm. And I said, and I won't ever ask someone to do something I wouldn't be willing to do. Um, and that gives me a lot of respect for him. Yeah. It might seem a little harsh every once in a while when you're on a set and you're like, I don't want to do that or that can't be done. And he's like, fine, then you don't have to do it. I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's harsh. It's, you know, you put as much time and heart and effort into it up to this point, And now he's just going to take it from you. However, he also in his mind is is trying to push filmmaking to a place where people 
don't have to say you can't do that anymore. Right, right. He, want, he wants the next level. To, I, you can, you can, mm -hmm. you can, you can, you can. And it does take a certain personality to push. That's why athletes seem right. like they're right. their dicks sometimes mm -hmm. because they have to push past where other people Everybody will say, I can't. Out. Yeah. And, and so I, I respect him and I understand why people think he's hard to work with. But he also has helped people the reach result. reach places in themselves that they haven't been before. When we talk about Avatar, finally, when we mm -hmm. talk about the next Avatar, I want to have someone on with us who worked with uh, James Cameron that directly awesome. on Avatar 2 um, and what he got to learn as a new filmmaker on that set. Oh, I love that. So yeah. I get it when people are like, oh, he's hard to work with. Mm -hmm. He's not Alfred Hitchcock. Alfred Hitchcock but, was hard to work with. Yeah. <laughs> James Cameron pushes the boundaries, but, but, but. And it's like you said, he he's really a cinematic genius. Like he has developed cameras. Like he was one of the main people of pushing the, the IMAX and getting that smaller and more compact. And he's invented like different lenses and he's led the way in undersea um filmmaking i mean it's insane the the amount of stuff that he's done he really is a yeah. smart guy but he doesn't have the best personal touch yeah yeah his, bed, his bedside manner yeah um is a little, a little lacking bizarre. but sometimes like you think to yourself but would these things have happened if he was a nicer person right right i don't know that they would i mm -hmm. agree so <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, Terminator 2 for me, we I think we didn't say it in the beginning, but the reason why we're covering this movie is because we're covering summer blockbusters and some of the biggest summer blockbusters we're going to cover over the next uh, several weeks. And the fact that, again, this one is, you know, I'm looking at IMDb outside of summer blockbusters, just movies in general, it's number 29. Yeah. Um, and the fact that it's a summer blockbuster, mm -hmm. it was a blockbuster hit, which it made mm -hmm. a lot of money. It's a sci-fi movie with robots and it's an action film and it won four Oscars. Yeah. That yeah. name, another movie that hits every mm -hmm. single one of those categories that has won four Oscars in the whole season. In the sequel. In the sequel, even, but like that type of movie usually doesn't get nominated, oh, but it uh -huh. won four Oscars. And in that award season, it was nominated um, for 37 awards total in the award season, and it won 33. Yeah, four of the six on the Oscar. Yeah. 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 And I mean, it just it holds up so well. I mean, the effects at times look a little dated, but they still look cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, yeah, we could probably, you, you know that it's a special effect, but at the time it was mind blowing. It's like, how in the world did they do that? And he's really pushed the the limits on the effects. Yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah. but it still holds up so well, which I love. Well, and it, and it has become so iconic too. I mean, there's so many lines from this movie. Yeah. Whoever wrote the script, and, and I know he was part of the writing team. You know, I think he co-wrote it. It was like, let's see how many one-liner quips we can just give Arnold <laughs> in this movie. Because, like, everything he says is just like, oh, that's so quotable. Like, mm -hmm. because it is, you know, yeah. the I'll be back or I need your 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 clothes. Motor yeah. Your, your motorcycle, clothes. your clothes, and your boots. Yeah. Like, <laughs> all the stuff that's in there, it's just one. Hasta la vista. Trust me. Like there's just, yeah. No <laughs> well, problem. That, so William Wisher is the other person who wrote it with James Cameron and William Wisher. If you look at his bio, you know, where he did the Terminator, he did Terminator two, he uh -huh. did judge dread. He, the scripts that he writes, he understands that the characters that are going to be the main characters in these movies, they're not there to win Oscars for their dialogue. Right. right. They're there to have those one, yeah, you know, hit moments uh -huh. um, that move the movie along that make you as a, an audience member, you know, you're, you need that. Like in an action mm -hmm. film, mm -hmm. it's always like, think of every action film you've seen. You're always going to remember in the good ones, at least one line that mm -hmm. if you said it at any other time <laughs> at lunch with your friends, it's just going to be silly if this movie didn't exist. But in right. that moment, it now makes that line 
just incredible, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Why did it have to be snakes? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's it's like people. I don't think they give writers like that enough credit mm-hmm. because oh no, it's yeah. not Shakespeare. It's right. not you know whatever. But we we pay money to go to the movies to have that release in the mm-hmm. action film. It's my favorite genre, and. When you go, you're having that moment. And even like in, in Top Gun Maverick, you know, that that we just saw. Right. You know, yes, there are some touching moments. But there's some funny moments. But the moment, but the moments when it's those one-liners. That's a kill. You know, that's, that's a kill. That's the moment that we love. Because yep. we want to be the person in real life that can be standing with a group of people. We drop the one-liner and now we're the hero. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> Well, and, and I think about it, and this film in particular, there are so many of those lines, um, which is brilliant, brilliantly done. But you hear them in so many different pop culture references. I mean, oh, yeah. The Office, Wayne's World, you've got the T-1000 showing up when he pulls him over, and it's that's the cop that pulls him over. And, and just, like, over and over again, this movie keeps coming up in the public consciousness. I mean, yeah. you know, Wayne's World was a couple years after, but you look at The Office – that was a decade and a half after uh-huh. this movie came uh-huh. out. Yeah. Almost two decades. And they're right. still quoting it. And they're still, you know, and it still happens. I mean, that just shows you how much this had an impact um, on the public consciousness at the time. And I think yeah. one of the things that really works with this movie is the actors are all 100% committed to their roles for this. Like Robert Patrick is a freaky looking guy. He's kind of good looking, but yet kind of freaky. And then the way that he like moves his head, he said he, he based his head movements on a bald Eagle and he based his body movements on a, on a shark. So, and, and he, he trained really hard to run really fast with no expression on his face. So it looked like it was effortless. So he's breathing through his nose, not breathing through his mouth at all. And he got to the point where he could catch um, Edward Furlong on his motorbike like he could run as fast as that wow. motorbike would go. Wow. They actually had to slow him down for a couple of scenes because he was just too fast. And then you've got Linda Hamilton, who is just so good as the overprotective mother. And there's the, the there's just little moments like when they're in the when she sees John for the first time, and she goes to hug him, and you get this shot of John's face, and it's like, oh my god, I've been waiting for this for so long. And then she's checking him for wounds and it's like, I'm fine. You know, it's (laughs) a little moment, but it just works so good. Well, it's interesting. You talk about the movements um, that he, that he made the bald Eagle and the shark and the running without an express, like those in the moment, you don't realize that that's, what's making his run. So creepy is that he's, there is no expression. He's not breathing through his mouth. And when you're watching, you're like, Oh man, he looks like a robot running and you Uh don't really know why. Until you break it down, you're like, that's it. That like that's what makes the difference. Yeah. And and he does make it look effortless when they're chasing when he's chasing that police car or yeah, out of the parking garage. It's like it's creepy because you're expecting yeah. somebody to be like, <sighs> you know, yeah. <laughs> their eyes are a little bigger there, you know, but he's just like boom. And yeah. like you both said, you know, it, just talking about this is that there are a few things that date this film, but as you're watching it, um, you're seeing exactly how it has influenced all the films that you have seen since when I think of him and that robotic stare and not breathing with his mouth at all and doing all that. I immediately think of the matrix. Yes. You know, because when you think of Mr. Anderson, yeah, agent Smith and the matrix Smith is very much a could have been inspired by, okay, you know, who was creepy. Let's go back to Terminator two. And let you know what I mean? Like, so I see when I'm, when I'm rewatching it. Yeah. There are things that, you know, when this movie was made, but you understand that the technology, the acting, the characters, the way it's shot has influenced so many things Mm-hmm. Right forward mm-hmm. that I just love watching it because now I'm connecting dots to things right. that came after, which is funny because that's all about what the movie is about, right? <laughs> like it's about being in the future and like connecting the dots of, of the past. And I just, it's, I don't know. It's just really, I think it's cool watching it and then connecting it to the things and knowing that because of this movie, we get all of these things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
and the thing I really like about that Val is that like there's so much computer generated effects in this movie, but there's so many physical pieces. It's a good mix. Do. It's a good mix. So mm. like when the T1000 gets frozen, they did two scenes of that, and one was Robert Patrick, and they buried his legs in the set, like they cut holes in the set so that he would he wouldn't have his lower body. And then they did a scene with an amputee with a prosthetic. And then they put those two together in order to make that work. And then the, um, the nuclear nightmare sequence, they actually really researched what a nuclear explosion would look like. And the buildings were made out of matzo crackers and weekends. <laughs> and then when they blew them up, so they'd explode all over the place. But they said that they have had, they had like, nuclear scientists reach out to them and say that was the closest most realistic nuclear explosion ever captured on film and so they they take a lot of pride in in their work for that (laughs) you know it's it's that level of detail that just makes this thing work that's but that's james cameron right i mean he is gonna want to make it as detailed as possible that's why he gets that's why he still to this day gets upset when people say that jack would have fit on the on the door in Titanic. <laughs> I don't because care. What it, the like the implication is that he got something wrong and didn't right. research it enough to know. Like if they both would have been on the door, the door would have sank. Yeah. Yep. Not according to Mythbusters, but that's okay. Yeah. But who are you going to believe Mythbusters or James Cameron? Who do you think did more <laughs> research? This is, yes. this is one of the few times that I'm going to go with the, the filmmaker instead of Mythbusters. <laughs> Especially because I've seen like every single documentary he's done on Titanic yeah, and there's yeah. at least five of them. Yeah. Um, you know, again, he gets, he does a project because he's passionate about it. Exactly. And he pushes it. Yes, they make money, but that's not his, that's not his end necessarily goal. his end goal. His end goal is to make the best product he can. Yes. Um, and, and when he got into Titanic, he was like almost to the obsessed point of, I've got to know everything because yeah. before, during, and after the movie, years after, mm-hmm. he's still researching and doing things and he right. doesn't have to. It's just because that's what he's passionate about. And now people are giving him crap because it's 12 years since the first Avatar and yeah. it's taken him that long to get the movie out. He's like, what kind of timeline are you? This is my movie. I'm right. not on your timeline. Right. I'm on my timeline. Well, right. and he, he said he's got to wait for the technology to catch up with his vision. Yeah. yeah. So and the fact I, that he has I, patience I, to do that instead of just making the right, movie, you know? Right. And I would rather wait 12 years and get a really good movie than two years later and you get something you're like, meh, you know? Yeah. And seeing the previews for it, Disney has got to be super excited about their Pandora, <laughs> like in, in Disney the, World. Disney because World, yeah. when they did that a few years ago, I was like, why? What? Yeah, I heard it's one of the best rides. That in Avatar: yeah. Flight of Passage is the that and Rise of the Resistance are the two coolest rides I've ever been on. Yeah. And I think that the new movie coming out for Avatar is going like people. It's going to be really great. People are going to want to go there the and see it and experience forget. it. Like, it was such an experience in the theater. Yeah. Like that 3D felt because 3D for a lot of times. Is just about the gimmick. What can we throw yeah. at people's faces? And, and I it don't was usually like, like it. Yeah, I don't well, either. And, and, and so by, and, by having the depth of field and the... Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of years after Avatar came out, most of the movies that came out in 3D, it wasn't... They didn't make it for 3D. They just like one had a 3D things. print uh-huh. of it. Yeah. And then you'd watch version. it, you're like, this isn't... And and it really used to bug me a lot because I, I wear glasses normally. I've switched mm. to contacts recently, but... When you're wearing glasses and you've got to wear two sets of glasses to watch a movie, you better make that experience worth it yeah. for me. Yeah, yeah. You I know, know Cameron's working on um, non-glass 3D technology, which I have no idea how that works, but he's working on it. So, yeah. Well, but when I'm... they had us watch that, they had the film critics come in the the day that the trailer or two a day before oh, yeah. the trailer came out, and they had us watch it in the theater with 3D glasses, so in that we IMAX. could in IMAX so that we could, I don't think it was, in, was it? I don't know. I think, I think it was. Uh, I think I heard yeah, that. I don't remember. Then. That was such a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> so many movies ago. <laughs> um, but he wanted us to make sure that we had the vision to talk about the movie coming. And there are haters. 
right? Sure, there are haters sure. that hate the original movie um, that compare it to all this blah, 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 other stuff. And then, and they're not going to even give this one a chance for me. The technology is why I love it. The uh-huh. fact that he pushes the boundaries is why I love it. Like everybody loved Titanic because it was a love story. I loved, I went and saw Titanic four times in the theater within two weeks because I wanted to see the guy fall down the thing again, <laughs> because I want, I'm, I'm trying to like really get in and pay attention if I can see the lines from the special effects on how we created it. Right. Right. Because right. we're nerds. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and later, sure, the love story, whatever. But like just the technology that he fought for, for that film, yeah, you know, was why me as a young well, woman was excited about it you know yeah, and, and i don't care this, about the door in, in pandora 2 i mean in avatar 2 um he got the actors to like learn how to do like hold their breath underwater so they could do these scenes and kate winslet actually at one point had over 10 minutes underwater which it's insane to me but yeah yeah you know? it 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 looks incredible and and here's the thing he has done it time and time again terminator 2 aliens mm-hmm. uh titanic the original avatar where again over and the over abyss. and over again yeah he puts these movies out there that are so well received it, it is rare to see a, a filmmaker so consistently put out a movie that's yeah. well received by both critics and by audiences and yeah. i think by and yeah. large and I'm not saying that everybody's going to say, oh, this is like top 10 movie you have to see before you die necessarily. But his movies aren't critically panned either. Like people right. enjoy them and they recognize the quality in them. And then audiences enjoy them. And it's over and over and over again. So if you think that Avatar 2 isn't going to be a big hit, I think you're crazy. You're betting I, on the wrong horse, I, in my opinion. Absolutely. I would never bet against James Cameron. Yeah. Absolutely. Which is yeah. why I'm taking him over the Mythbusters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's one of the like if they're going to break down a myth in, in like Indiana Jones and they're going to say, yeah, this doesn't work. Yeah, obviously I know that. <laughs> like I watch Indiana Jones, but if they're going to say this to James Cameron research, sorry, dude, I'm sorry. I'm on his side. Sorry, like I think he got it right. <laughs> um, the the other thing that I love too, and we talked a little bit about some of the practical effects, but when they were filming in the steel plant. Um, it, it's an abandoned steel plant and some of the steel workers saw that movie and said they thought that they had been reopened because it looked so legit. Oh, wow. And that liquid was kind of a milky substance. Cause of course you can't have your actor going into molten steel, what? Um, what? but they, <laughs> he probably could have, he James probably Cameron tried. Would, yeah. <laughs> he's like, I, well, I really need you. The to lawyers were like, sorry, James, this one, we have to draw a line. You can't have Robert Patrick going in there. Oh, okay. But it's like this, this milky substance and they had to keep it cold in there. So when they're fi- they're shooting the fight scenes, they had to spray water on their faces to make it look like they were sweating from the heat and from the <laughs> exertion, but it was so cold that that they was really, happening. They really have a, but they said that set smelled awful. Oh, yeah. I can smell it just having you talk about it. <laughs> it sounds gross. It smells like, what is it over there in West Jordan where the the milk plant is? The oh, yogurt yes. plant? Uh-huh. That's what it smells like. It yeah, smells like yeah, the I yogurt can see that. plant. Yeah. That doesn't sound good at all. But, Jake, I would say that this is probably in the top 10 of sci-fi movies, if not the maybe the top 15. But if you're going to go with the, within the genre then yeah, I would, I would definitely put it as one of the best sci-fi films. I, I would agree with that. I think when you take the whole thing consider, and, and what are you going to use to rate your top 10 films in any genre, I guess. But for yeah. me, if I'm looking at quality, I think it's got yeah. high quality. I think the story is pretty great. Um, I think the acting is great considering who's involved in everything. I think it's really well done. Um, but also just the impact that it had. I mean, there's not a lot of sci-fi movies that have had as big an impact as this. I mean, it's in the same realm as Blade Runner, as The mm-hmm. Matrix, as those kind of movies mm-hmm. where if you haven't seen the movie, you still know a quote or two from the movie and you know, you know the what idea it, behind you it. You know the storyline, even if you've never watched the movie. Right. Well, they, they proved that when when they uh, put out the post, the first poster for Terminator six is just a picture of Sarah Connor with short blonde hair and sunglasses on. And everybody knew 
That's what all you was need. Com- what was yeah. coming because uh-huh. that character is so <laughs> iconic. Yeah. And you knew it was going to bring a big punch. Like yeah. you just, you know, the only reason I went to see that movie is to see Sarah Connor kick. Because I, I being a huge Terminator nerd, like I love T2. Um, mm-hmm. So I went and saw T3 and I was like, and then the Christian Bale one came out and that was, it had its moments, but it wasn't great. And then, yeah, there's been so many since and it just, most of them just don't work. The Linda Hamilton one had some moments that one worked pretty good. And that's, I think the first one that Cameron produced again, I don't think he produced any of the other sequels. I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, but. Well, and that's the, it, it, this is, it's an interesting series to look at as a whole, because you've got Terminator, which wasn't the big hit that Terminator two was. And then Terminator right. two comes out and, and it, right. It was a niche hit and, and Terminator two comes out and puts it on the map. I mean, right. And then the studios say, okay, with or without James Cameron, we're going to keep making these Terminator movies. Cash cow here. Yeah. And it just goes to show you, no, there are, there are more to these properties than just the robot and the, Mm -hmm. you know, you take away some of that stuff and it's just not as good. It's like trying to do a guardians of the galaxy without James Gunn, you know, it's just not going to work well. Or, or a star Wars film without George Lucas involved somehow. It doesn't work as well usually. <laughs> as Jake, the, get the hate mail. <laughs> we just want to get mail in general. <laughs> yeah, Talk to I, us. Why don't you want to tell us anything? I don't. I don't I understand. Don't... <laughs> I don't understand why we live in a society now where I can't express an opinion and let right. that just be my opinion, right. and have someone say, "You know, I don't agree with that opinion," and then move That's on cool. with their lives. <laughs> I, I mean, if it, it helps, most of the time I'm not even paying attention to your opinion, so it doesn't influence me at all. Uh, that wasn't meant to be rude. <laughs> that's hurtful, but thank you. No, I'm just saying, like, like I, sometimes I enjoy coming on every week and talking for an hour with about movies with you too, Val. This is. Fun. <laughs> I mean, like on social media, like, oh. like you can go onto social media and see that somebody posted something. And you can keep scrolling. Yep. You don't, I don't have usually to be post like... a lot of opinions on social yeah. media, to be honest. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like it's not. I can just go on with my day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I just. Yeah, that's a whole different this, episode. This was but, one yeah. of the movies, and I just wanted to say this was one of the movies where I was like, you know what? I think I want to work with film. Like this, this movie along with several others, is what made me want to go to film school. Mm-hmm. So I'm yeah. right there with you on that one, Val. Yeah. All right. Well, what are we going to grade this one? Uh, I'll go first on this one. I haven't been first for a little while. Um, I think the story is really smart and well thought out. Even in the loophole of time travel movies, you're always going to have those little, but, you know, Um, but I feel like they do a good job of explaining a lot. Uh, I love the ambiguous ending. Um, which Cameron wanted a very concrete ending where um, Linda Hamilton, Sarah Connor had a grandchild and John was raising the kid and, and they felt like it was too happy. So they cut it. So I like the ambiguous ending. The special effects hold up really, really well. I mean, even last watching it last night and, and it made me think of watching Avatar because if you see Avatar on cable or something on the weekend, the story may not be as good, but the effects still really hold up. Mm-hmm. Um, quotable lines. Uh, it's got a killer guns and roses tr- track on the soundtrack. Um, I, I, this one is a big one for me. I'm going to go a, wow. Uh, for me, it's, it's, it's good. It's a solid movie. And I think it's one that if you're going into the action movie genre or sci-fi genre, you need to watch this movie at least once. I think it's a must see. Um, but I, think it's starting to show its age a little bit, even though most of the effects still really hold yeah. up. I do love that every time travel movie in the eighties and nineties time travel involves electricity and lightning of some sort. And that's just the way it goes. Um, but it is still fun to go and revisit. It's a B plus for me, which is a cool. still a really solid yeah, grade. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a B plus for me as well. It's a solid kick, but action movie that has everything that you love about a good summer blockbuster 
um, you know, you're, if it were in theaters today, like I wouldn't feel bad paying, spending money or time on it. Like I, it's, it's one of those that I could, I would definitely go see in the theater if I had the opportunity to do so. Um, it's inspired so many other great action films. Um, and I really just love how the director, the writers, everyone really worked with these actors to highlight what they're good at. Yes. Um, when they cast this movie with these actors, they made it seem like no one else in the world could be any of these characters. Right. And I think that's when you know that you have a cohesive project and not just a project that cast actors and made a movie, right? Yeah, you see those right. all the time. Um, and, and for me, it's just, it's iconic. Um, but B, definitely B plus for me. I'm distracted by the screen in the background because I keep That's doing some kind of like, I do like, that a lot. Too. I don't know what I, we're talking about, but I'm doing some kind of quacky quack. Um, yeah. I don't. What episode is that? Um, but uh, I think this is Revenge of the Sith episode. I was say oh, of course. One. So Duck Hands, it would be exactly what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah I think every time anybody talks <laughs> about uh, Star Wars: Revenge of the Sith, it's Duck by Hands. the way. Really quick, speaking of Revenge of the Sith, the um, the two guys from uh, SpongeBob SquarePants dubbed the the <laughs> I have the high ground sequence. Yes, SpongeBob and Patrick, and it is so great. You've got to post it on our when page. He, when crazy. he gets sliced and he's rolling down to the lava, then Patrick's like, ooh, uh, ooh, uh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> but, but SpongeBob going, "You were the chosen one." <laughs> so funny. That's really good. Oh my gosh, you got to post that on our page, please. Hey, I'll, I'll do that. And then really, really quick, Val, you made me think of this when you said that you made it feel like this actor could not have been cast in any other role. Did you guys know that Miles Dyson was originally um, pitched to be Denzel Washington? Oh, interesting. They wanted Denzel and Denzel said, all the guy does is look scared and sweats. I don't think that's something for me. <laughs> <laughs> I totally agree with. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's that's smart as an actor. Like, nope, that's not that's not the character I want to play. And but that residual money, not that Denzel needs it, but still, you know. Yeah, I yeah. know. He's doing okay without he's, it. He's doing, doing all right. I think Denzel's all right. Um, to continue this amazing action-packed summer blockbuster hit next week, we're gonna talk about Shrek. Totally different kind of summer blockbuster, but still a really big summer blockbuster. Very, very big summer blockbuster. And it changed animation. I mean, it was huge. Well, I just love how how totally different uh -huh. the summer blockbuster hits are. And I, that's why I love a good summer blockbuster, because depending on what kind of film you like, if it's good and they put it there for a reason, and believe me, there's marketing and research that goes oh, into yeah. what movies are going to go in those slots. And the fact that we have Terminator 2 and Shrek in the top summer blockbuster list yeah. yep. um, is just cool. Just that's, uh -huh. It's just cool to me. It's it's yeah. odd, but it's cool. We, yeah, we it, come at you with, with left curves. You don't even know where we're coming from. And then all of a sudden, bam, Shrek. Yeah, Shrek. <laughs> I, I should wear that green shirt that you've got on the screen behind yeah. you. Guys. Yeah, yeah. It is really bright green. It's like bright it's not just coming through on the camera. It is. <laughs> I'm looking at you that know, going. That was probably we could we could place. use that for a green screen type shirt. Yes, you would, we were... it would just be a floating. Head. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> Next time. Next time. If you want to know what we're talking about, you can go back and watch our Revenge of the Sith episode yeah yes. absolutely i'm enjoying I thought it'd be fun to tease people with our older episodes yeah i like that yeah, i like it i like it. i i yeah i also think you're you're testing our add because like how am i not supposed to be distracted <laughs> what do we by well, the I, I, I won't i won't do no, that no i love it no i love it i just think you really you thought high highly of our uh of of us and not being like shiny well, this was, this was before I knew that you didn't listen to any of my opinions, Val. So now that I know that you just ignore me on the show, I'm going to do all sorts of weird stuff. I don't ignore you. I'm just going to sit back and eat popcorn. That's right. I was trying to be a jerk like all the other people on the internet and be funny at the same time. Um, which surprisingly for most people on the internet also doesn't work very well <laughs> at the same time. well if 
thank you everyone for listening and watching. Um, if you have feedback for us, you can send that to podcast at movies that make us.com, or you can comment on any of our posts on social media. Um, we would love to have you comment on our videos and share it with others. That would be awesome. If you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, please do that. And most importantly, July 21st, 7 p.m., Brewies, downtown Salt Lake City. We want to see you there. We want yep. to see as many of our friends there as we can. Uh, it will be for a good cause. We will have fun. I promise. It will be a good time. It's going to be a good night. Yeah. So, good night. And until then, because that will change things, but until then, <laughs> we won't see you at the movies. You could be my This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.